Welcome to the Type A Plus podcast with me, Beth Lawrence. I'm a certified meeting professional, award-winning event planner, entrepreneur, and the classic over-prepared overachiever. I'm the owner of Beth Lawrence and Company, an event planning firm which specializes in helping visionaries organize and execute impactful experiences. Each episode, I'll be delivering bite-sized tips on organizing your business and life even during your most hectic times. So let's get started. Hi, welcome back to the Type A Plus podcast. This week, we're doing a bonus episode about everyone's favorite fail, the Fire Festival. Some of you may have seen a few years ago, I actually did a full blog post about these two documentaries, one of which was on Hulu and one was on Netflix. If you'd like to read the blog post, I will link to it in the show notes. Otherwise, we're going to go over from an event planner's perspective, what went wrong. So we'll begin with an overview. A young, successful tech entrepreneur named Billy McFarlane paired up with a rapper, hopefully you guys know who Ja Rule is, Ja Rule, to create an app called Fire. This app was designed to allow users to book celebrity talent on demand for private and public events. And one day they were brainstorming about how to launch this app, and it was decided that in order to launch the app, they had to launch the first ever Fire Festival. It was designed to be a luxury music festival on a private island in the Bahamas with the most exclusive guest list of celebrities, influencers, and musicians, and it would be once in a lifetime, a can't-miss experience. The Hulu documentary came out first. It was called Fire Fraud. And to me, it seemed to be from Billy's perspective. At least that was the one that he was interviewed for. So you got to hear a little bit more from his perspective of his background and his first company, Magnesis, and how he came to find success. The Netflix documentary, which was called Fire, The Greatest Party That Never Happened, is the other side of the story. And that concentrated on interviews with his team, contractors, partners, vendors, everyone involved in the production of the event. In the Netflix documentary in particular, the event planner is interviewed at length. So if you have not seen the documentary, I do think that you should go and at least watch one of the documentaries before you listen to this podcast. Otherwise, there will be some spoiler alerts, and I do think that it As a whole, it is a very interesting case study on what can happen if you don't keep a few key things in mind when planning an event. For those of you who have watched, let's get started. The planner had known Billy at that point for four to five years, and he had produced events for his former company, the one I mentioned, Magnesis. While I'm unsure of his other credentials, it seemed from the movie and the interviews that he definitely had experience producing large-scale international events even ones in the Bahamas and in the Caribbean specifically. At one point in the interview, he says that it should have taken, quote, at least a year to produce a festival of the size and magnitude, including concept design and fundraising. So to start with where it went wrong, let's talk about the timeline. At one point in the interview with the event planner, he says that it should have taken, quote, at least a year to produce a festival of this size and magnitude, including concept design and fundraising. For me, I would say at a first-time event of this scale on a site that, in case you don't know, is a complete blank canvas, should take at least 18 months of planning, if not longer. 
at the very, very least, having a firm idea of your event goals and objectives, artist lineup, event costs, ticket price markups, and firm commitments from investors should be completed prior to marketing the event and putting together ticket prices, lodging packages, and everything else I just mentioned. Many of these things fluctuate over time, especially as we've seen in the last couple of years with COVID, travel-related costs. And in the event planner's own words, the full event team was not put together until six to eight weeks prior to the event. The staging company didn't begin their contract until 45 days prior to the event. The event site was moved about six weeks prior to the event due to a conflict with the original island's owner. And, you know, I'm stumbling here because I am getting a little bit of anxiety just thinking about this. I mean, think about 45 days, six weeks, six to eight weeks. All of that happened within the exact same time frame. Full event team established, staging company, and the event site was completely moved. So from an event planner's perspective, their scopes of work were probably completely different on this new land. The next thing that I'll talk about is costs, because it truly does not seem like anyone up to and including the event planner considered the real life costs and implications for hosting this event. From the shipping costs to customs requirements and costs to logistics of having to bring virtually everything to the island by plane and boat, this is a very, very unique situation, but of course it's not impossible. Many vendors were left unpaid even up to the day of the festival, which by contract usually states that the services requested will not even be carried out. One huge example of where they cut costs and it really, really bit them in the butt is when they went from a $6 million budget to feed 6,000 attendees to a $1 million budget on an island with no running water at all is a huge cut to what you're able to deliver to your attendees, right? And labor costs were not even a consideration, presumably because Billy thought that he would be able to con more money out of some of his closest investors. Which brings me to another point is logistics. What's another thing that's obvious as I continued watching is that no one, virtually no one, had a plan B. When the first attendees arrived on the island, they were rerouted from the airport to a venue that had no warning of the impending crowds. And when they were finally brought to the actual event site where the concert was taking place, the lodging was not yet set up, luggage had been misplaced, and basically it was a free-for-all. Many of you have probably seen the footage on Twitter of people furiously grabbing pillows and blankets and trying to claim a tent. As one of the contractors notes, all the tents were occupied by the end of the first night, which made up only a third of the total expected attendees. So you have all of the tents occupied and only a third of your attendees are there. And even when it became that obvious that the festival would be canceled, there was still virtually no plan B. In fact, Billy got himself the heck out of there as soon as trouble started. Mark Weinstein, in fact, noted that as of a few weeks prior to the festival, they had not booked return flights for anyone. That is unbelievable to me. Not only is that a six issue, it could have quickly become a state of emergency. I mean, God forbid, you know, a quote unquote contractual language act of God had occurred on the island while the attendees were there. What would they have done? What was their escape plan? Logistics kind of ties into this, but from a project management perspective, it seemed like everyone was operating in a vacuum. It did not seem like there was any one 
sole project manager, maybe with the exception of Billy and his quote unquote chief marketing officer. But even when things were communicated to them, words of caution or information about the status of the event, they were not delineated to any of the other people who were working on the project. Everything in events needs to be communicated to all of the stakeholders that it affects. And in an event like this, event this large, even a 15-minute check-in call on Mondays and Fridays, for example, would have had an immense impact on the ability to problem-solve and identify gaps along the way. Obviously, with this event, marketing is an issue, and especially false advertising, because that was a cause of a lot of the issues from the start. From there, the ego of the founder and his colleagues and friends got in the way, as well as false promises that Billy made to the investors. And we came to find out after watching the documentaries, inflation of assets and valuations of the company as a whole, which happens a lot in the startup world. From a marketing perspective in general, they shot the initial marketing video without having an official location. Therefore, from a logistics perspective, expectations could not properly be managed from the start. So picture this, you're watching this beautiful video, many of you have probably seen it, of a private island with these celebrities in crystal clear blue water and pigs swimming in the ocean. And that's what you expect to get, right? And then when you arrive there, it's completely different from what you what you thought. One thing I agreed with actually from the event planner's perspective was they should have managed expectations prior to everyone getting on the island rather than continuing to sell the initial dream from the video. And this is actually something that I've seen with clients that I've worked with in the past is that they continue to sell the initial dream, hoping that they'll get more investment, but they're not backing it up with a good attendee experience. And what's more, in the case of the Fire Festival, they actually photoshopped the event map from a map of a different location entirely, a nearby Sandals resort. So these people thought they were going to something that had the infrastructure of a Sandals resort when it actually was a completely bare, almost completely bare private island. Mismanagement of expectations and terrible, terrible marketing. Mismanaged expectations comes into attendee experience. So especially Billy, obviously, his thought process was not having to be able to put himself in other people's shoes and walk through the event experience as an attendee. Empathy, in my opinion, is a critical skill in all elements of planning an event. And that goes for whether you are planning a small gathering in a restaurant near your hometown or a giant festival, you know, thousands of miles away. Whether Billy decided to ignore the perspective of being empathetic or just simply was not either emotionally or cognitively able to have such a perspective, it was just lacking in virtually every aspect of this event. And then when you have people operating in a silo, everyone is worried about slightly different things and looking at it from a slightly different perspective, as opposed to coming together and looking at it from a well-rounded perspective of the attendee experience. A huge, huge thing of this event is, and watching the documentaries, is the notion of ego over expertise. So above all for me, the overarching theme is that the ego of the founder, Billy in particular, 
superseded any advice that was given by any event experts that were hired to execute the event, including this poor event planner. I don't necessarily blame him completely or blame the team. I've been there where you're so excited about the end product that you just think, you know what, if I just work as hard as I possibly can, it'll happen. And I think that that was what was going on here. But it happens more often than not, especially when the founder is of a company or is a successful entrepreneur and they hire a contractor or they hire an expert and they don't listen to them. They can only see the success and they can't see the barriers to the execution that were very, very real and had very real implications in the end. Sometimes that is really essential to success, the ego over expertise and thinking that you can achieve anything. And sometimes it's it's truly a detriment. And finally, the last point is the troubleshooting and after event follow-up. So this, this for me was very, very heartbreaking coming from a hospitality industry perspective. Once the team was able to finally get the attendees off the island, Billy and the founding team were quite literally nowhere to be found. Some contractors who, you know, contractors have no um, ownership of the event. Some of them stuck around and I commend those folks. And some of them made an escape plan themselves and I wasn't there. So I can't, you know, put myself in their shoes, but to make matters worse, Billy and his co-founders didn't even pay their vendors, including, and this is the most heartbreaking, the 200 plus citizens of this Bahamas who worked 24 hours a day in the weeks leading up to the event to build this dream and make it happen. It was estimated that they were owed over $500,000, and that's not including one restaurant owner who had to clean $50,000 out of her savings to pay her employees. Now, there has been a fund set up for them, and thankfully, with the generosity of many of the people that watch the documentaries, they fulfilled the GoFundMe. However, events like this have huge implications for tourism, for travel, for partnerships with other nations and the governments and the folks that Billy and his team really just used and discarded. I encourage anyone looking to plan an event, anyone excited about a vision, to sit back and take a second and think about your goals and objectives. Think about the experience that you want your attendees to have. Think about the experts that you hire and hire experts that aren't just going to say yes to you and fan your ego. If you have seen one or both of the documentaries, I'd love to hear your perspective. Um, and if you have not, please, I invite you to go watch it. You are probably very confused by what I am talking about. But thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. And we will be back very soon with a new episode of the Type A Plus podcast. for listening to this episode of the Type A Plus podcast by me, Beth Lawrence. New episodes will be released each week. Don't forget to find us on Instagram at the Type A Plus podcast and slide into our DMs with questions, episode ideas, and to introduce yourself. If you like this podcast, please share, give us a five-star rating, and subscribe. I'll see you next time.